once again, amen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Forgotten Conservative. Uh, forgotten now more than ever. Uh, I'm not going to break my arm, uh, pat myself on the back for choosing, uh, you know, the name of it. But dadgum, how many millions of us are forgotten? Excuse me. The only time stamp I'm going to give this is it is uh, September 3rd, probably be September 4th after I finish this. Uh, I just spent, I don't know, eight, nine days with my sweetheart up in Maine. Um, little change of plans. Uh, I'm not going to move up there as planned at the, the end of the month, beginning of October. Uh, but I had some time in lieu of the move to go and, and spend with her and her family. And I don't know. She politely chastises me, not chastises, um, because, you know, I try to be humble. I'm 53 years old. This beautiful chick is significantly younger than I am. But the love, you know, and I don't want to go too much into it, but I just spent eight, nine days with her, her, her daughters, um, had a wonderful, magnificent time, um, completely forgot about everything, including the podcast, which by the way, I'm hoping I can stay on track, uh, refrain from bad language and just go ahead, title this thing and release it sometime today, you know, if not immediately afterwards. I do have a few things I want to talk about, but we all know how that goes. Most of my adult relationships, and I don't want to be unfair to the women, uh, because it, the old saying, it takes two to tango. Uh, I've always tried to be objective. I'm an asshole. Um, this girl, she's never come out and said, you're OCD. You, you know, you have some issues with that kind of stuff. She hasn't said that to me directly. She's framed it in that, yeah, I told my mom that you wear shorts here. You know, all you want to wear is a certain brand of shorts. If they sponsor me, I'll be glad to mention the name. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Matt Lott, you know, I know it's dorky. He used to wear the same suit. But when you get something that fits or works, you stick with it. Unfortunately, trends change and fashions and, you know, I, it just pisses me off. Because next time, if I find some good shorts, I, I'm going to take out a small loan to buy about 10 or 15 pair a size up and a size down because my weight fluctuates and, and just have them in reserve. If I gain a little weight, if I lose a little weight, if I stay the same, you know, I've got like you know, a whole bunch of pairs that I don't need to worry. I've got two pairs of shorts that, you know, there's a, a local lady that does uh, sewing stuff. What do you call it? Not embroidery, but, you know, does someone thinks she's got this advertisement in this local newspaper. And I want to go over there. I want to take her these two shorts and say, fix them. Yes, they're four or five years old, but they're my favorite shorts. They're comfy. They're broken in. I can work in them. They can be dirty. But for the love of God, I can't throw them away. Goodwill won't take them. Fix them. At the time I bought them, they were 
26, 27 bucks a piece, which is, you know, a lot for me. I'm a cheapskate. Nevertheless, I knew they were good shorts. They fit, you know, so on and so forth. And I'm thinking to myself, to repair these shorts, it might be 20 or 30 bucks. The two pairs of shorts are, what is that? $54 plus tax, originally paid for. This uh, seamstress or whatever sewing person is, uh, whatever the term is, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what, what you call it. I just saw the ad. She may say, I'll do it for 30 bucks. I don't care if it's patches. I don't care. You know, I don't want to look like a dork, but you know, I don't want them falling off of me. I, you know, I want them for work shorts, but again, my sweetheart, bless her heart, which I love her dearly. Dear, I, I just, I hope everybody can find what I have found. You know, um, Bill Murray said at the beginning of Stripes when his girlfriend comes home and he's had a rough day and, and the girl is fed up with his laziness and not producing, not contributing, if nothing else, emotionally to the relationship. She can overlook all the other BS, but he's not fulfilling her, which is, I think that's what all women say. Not all women, but a lot of women. I'm not sure because I really don't pay attention. That's a joke uh, from another movie, but I think that was from Dumb and Dumber. But nevertheless, so Bill Murray's trying to talk this girl into staying. Her dress was run over that he picked up at the dry cleaners. The pizza she asked him to get uh, fell out of the box. He scooped it up off the ground. It, it's just a bad day. And he's trying to give her this stuff. And she's like, I'm done. And, he's, and he says, you know, it takes everything I have to keep up with you. Now in the movie, it doesn't, there's, you can't really say, and there's no, um, is, I don't think inference, let's say implication that there's a, a difference in, in age, but he says to her, you know, I, you're a sexual dynamo. I got to read books just to try and keep up with you. Now, don't think for one second. I'm going to sit here and disclose anything about my personal private life, especially about sex. That's a, a very private manner. The point that I'm trying to make is I have to, I don't have to, I want this woman that I think is the best woman, the best chance for happiness, longevity, uh, I could say soulmate. I think that's maybe overused. But there's no doubt in my mind that at 53 years old, I will not have this particular opportunity again with somebody that gives to me as I give to her. It's it's not about money. It's not about sex. Uh, it's about love. Uh, I don't know about companionship. I, I, when I hear companionship, I think of old people that their hair turns blue and, you know, they're at the shuffleboard court and they stink. I shouldn't say stink. They all smell the same. I, you know, and, and God forbid, I'm vain. Y'all know I'm vain. But I, I'm, I'm going to, you, you know, hopefully Amazon's still in business because I, I, I don't care if I have to spray myself 
with perfume. I don't care if I have to, to pay somebody to bathe, bathe me if I'm unable to. If, of course, my sweetheart is unable to. The point is, I don't care. This, I know that things like this only happen, like Haley's comment. I think it came around in the 80s. How many people are on this earth? How many divorces? The divorce rate is about 50%. Uh, I talked at some point. I don't know if it's released yet. I keep promising to get better. But, you know, what, what, what am I going to choose? Uh, releasing podcasts, listening to my voice for a second or a third time, or taking advantage of every split second with my sweetheart that's 1,200 miles away. After we've determined the move is too soon, but we can spend a week or so together. Um, yeah, podcast is sucking high and tip. Uh, that's a farm southern term, so it's not a bad uh, term. If you are offended by it, you know what? I don't give a shit. Suck it up. Suck it up. You're, you're ate up. You're ate the F up. If you get offended by sucking on the hind tip. So you're probably a vegan. And frankly, I don't give a shit. Uh, which really I don't at this point. I could care less. I wore my Ron DeSantis super governor. Uh, the t-shirt doesn't say, it says Ron DeSantis 2024, make America Florida. This time I wore it on the way up and I, I washed it and I wore it on the way down. Um, the, the crap with Trump, I, I'm not going to address right now. If I do another hour, I might. Um, I, I hope if anybody, I, first of all, let me preface what I'm about to say. But if anybody is listening to this podcast and you've heard me say that all of this is by design, none of this is accidental. None of this is, oops, I, we made a mistake. We applied the, the wrong logic or, you know, uh, we didn't carry the one. It, none of it is as Rush Limbaugh used to say, they, they judge themselves by the intent. Uh, which, when I heard that, it was probably late 80s, early 90s. I, I just, I'd only been listening to Rush for a year or two. And I always felt like anytime I had these debates, even at the brief I don't know, maybe two months, six months point of time where I could conceivably go along with abortion. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but there, it was a very brief amount of time uh, because I was in high school. I was, you know, like any typical red-blooded American male. And Allegedly, I cannot confirm or deny there may have been a scare or two, allegedly. And so I keep harking back to what my father says. Don't knock some chick up and ruin the rest of your life. Which, by the way, that brings me to a good point. We're 21 minutes into the podcast. Dad, unfortunately, and, and this is regretful, I do a good enough job of effing up 
my own life without interference. I got the message. I understand it. And I know, trust me, Pops, you always sent a good and the right message. And I always listened. Can't say I always agreed. Can kind of quasi say uh, there was a little bit of rebellion there, but not rebellion just because, oh, that's my dad and he don't know what he's talking about, or that's my dad and I know more. It was never like that. It was always where I'm doing a, a political podcast. You and, and my mother were Democrats. I knew at, let's see, I was born in 68, 76, that's eight years. So I knew, I, I had a pretty good indication at eight in the, the 76 uh, presidential election and the Republican convention. I had a pretty good idea at that point that I was on board regardless of all the Watergate crap, the Vietnam crap. Um, you know, just watching that convention moved me, spoke to me. One would think at eight, nine years old that you would get that in a church. Now, we were going to church at some point for whatever length of time, I don't know. And I'm not lamenting, I'm not second guessing my parents in any way whatsoever. More of trying to demonstrate just how ate up with this bullshit I am and have been for, you always hear people say, most of my adult life, well, Check that. I'm six, seven, eight years old and following this to an extent. Understanding in 1979 at 10 years old, about to be 11, or maybe it was 1980 in the sixth grade. But in that, you know, Iran had captured our, our hostages. Jimmy Carter was inept, horrible. Just horrible. I, I, you know, I want to say a bad word. Trump said it about Ted Cruz. He used the excuse that uh, a fan at his rally said it first. And so Trump, that gave him permission to repeat the, the bad word. That begins with a P and describes a female body part, a vulgar term. I say vulgar, I, I've used it. I, I'm not opposed to using it. Talking to one of today's dudes whatsoever. Politicians on the campaign trail. Yeah, you know, it's a little far. I, in this podcast, have said pussyfoot, pussyfooty around, which goes back, probably predates me the expression pussyfooting around. But I have said for many years in conversation talking about today's man, the wussification of America, the wussification of men in general. Uh, you know, I'm of Italian descent. Uh, I got a buddy of mine. She's been struggling uh, professionally, relationship-wise. Salt of the earth, good girl, uh, Filipino girl. And I, I, I use her nationality primarily to, as an illustration, because if you know any, and I, and I have a daughter-in-law and a grandson, in fact, just had a birthday. 
the daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law, uh, is full-blooded. And so my grandson is, um, you know, I guess part Filipino. He looks Filipino. Um, smart as a whip. Nevertheless, they're all hard workers, work ethic. They, they come from oppression. They come from less than ideal circumstances and they aspire to come to America. So they have the confidence. They know that they're going to work hard. It may not happen to the father and the mother. The father may work like a dog, you know, get peanuts for a uh, salary, may have to work two, three jobs. The mama primarily takes care of the brood, raises the kids, the youngins right, teaches them right from wrong, praying, you know, all that stuff. The way ultimately you would think it should be the way in the old days. So when I say this buddy of mine, she's Filipino, that's what I'm trying to illustrate. And I would do just about anything for her. I, I can't think of, now she said, hey, go rob a bank and, you know, let's be Bonnie and Clyde. And eh, no, um, maybe get me a supercomputer and let's do it. Let's figure something out that way. Maybe, but you know, I'm not, no guns are blazing. No Jesse James, no Billy the Kid bullshit for me. Um, give me a weapon to defend me and mine, and I'm good. So, but, you know, she's been struggling. And admittedly, you know, I've had some struggles. Uh, nothing to worry about or pronounce or anything. But, you know, just as I said, you, you know, the move is being put off my, the woman I love, the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with is 1,200 miles away. Not to mention, you know, uh, what was it, SCTV? Uh, Rick Moranis, and I think the guy's name was Dave Matthews? Dave Matthews, no, that's a singer. Uh, Dave Thomas used to do the Great White North in Canada, okay? The girl doesn't say eh like Canadians do but she's practically next door. It's a small town, good people, good folks. They don't make fun of me too bad because of my quote unquote accent, which I guess you, you find out when you go up north around a bunch of Yankees that you do have an accent. But when you live this day to day, you don't know. And I, I feel like the Wizard of Oz girl, what's her name, Dorothy. Uh, you know, I go in to get a diet coat, and they're like, the dude's got two chiclets in his head, and, you know, something that looks like a festered boil, and I'm talking to the clerk behind the counter, asking a question, or making casual conversation, and this dude, you know, he's like, well, you ain't from around here, are you? being polite, respectful, respecting my elders. I assume the dude was older, but it doesn't matter. I tell the 18-year-old chick in the drive-thru, if I went through a drive-thru, which I don't, but if I did, the 18-year-old, 16-year-old girl in the drive-thru, I would say, yes, ma'am. Uh, my sweethearts, a couple of her family members, I've said, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. And uh, I think it was like her sister-in-law. She's like, oh, I, you know, you're older than me. And I said, it has nothing to do with your age. I'm not, I, I've been married twice. The first time or, or right after I first met both ex-wives, I said something, yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am. Something along those, I said, ma'am. One was what, seven, eight years older than I was, the first one. The second wife was like two years younger. It's a matter of respect. I said, and I kind of smiled. 
I don't like to smile and show my teeth, but I kind of half smiled, barring my little chicklets, my little teeth. And I said, you see these? She's like, yeah, you know, she's thinking, oh, this crazy redneck, what is my sister and all? You know, does she have any idea? This dude's a rebel, you know, Johnny Reb, uh, South gonna rise again, you know, what's he, he's brainwashed her. Anyway, I said, the reason I have all of my teeth is because I was raised to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. I was raised that when the adults are talking, you don't interrupt pretty much under any circumstance. I've told the story about setting the, the kitchen garbage on fire. Scholarship warning I'd gotten. Not sure if I've published it yet, but I have at least purged that story. I go outside, my grandma's talking to her best friend, and I'm like, Grandma, Grandma, my bro me and my brother, he's two years, two and a half years younger than me, we're pulling, tugging sleeves, tucking pants, whatever, try, and she's like, I'm talking, leave me alone, don't interrupt me. And, and she raises her hand. See, nowadays, you can probably get away with that look, you know, maybe like Clint Eastwood or something. Give give your child that look, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting over with a five-year-old girl. Yes, a girl, a female, which is just, anyway. But the old school, grandma, I'm again, 53, my grandma, they had their kids late. So when I was six, eight years old, whatever I was, she's, uh, she's not like, let's see, my mom, let's just say 26, grandma, 46. She was probably 56. She, her, her, uh, her mother was full-blooded Cherokee. Now, I don't know a whole lot about her upbringing or anything like that. I know her mother, my great-grandmother, was, again, full-blood, did rain dances, you know, all that shit. No recollection of it. She was probably dead before I came into the picture. The point is, I don't think Indians worried about sparing the rod to pull from the Bible. I don't think that the Indians, when they went on a hunt and, you know, little brave, you know, whatever they call a, a young Indian boy, shit his pants. I don't think that they treated little brave little Mohican or whatever with kid gloves and said, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'll get a few leaves and we'll clean you up and it's okay. No, I know my grandmother, she cured me of shitting in my diaper. And back then it was cloth. So you had to wash it. I don't remember it. I've seen her do it to my brothers, my two younger brothers. I like to think because I don't remember it, it didn't really happen to me. It's plausible. I, it's okay for me to, to entertain that fantasy because I don't remember it. And I have a very good recall. Around three or four is when it starts. But obviously, you would have been potty trained way before that. So I'm going to go with, because I don't remember it, she did not rub my nose in a diaper full of steaming baby poop. She did it to my brothers. I witnessed it. Neither one of them ever shit in her diaper again that I know of. So... You, this, this behavior, this wussification of America, these excuses 
that we make. We make excuses for these men. And I'm not talking about the dude that wakes up with a stiffy and thinks, I got the hots for um, Beulah. I don't know. I got the hots for Westerface. And my sister is a couple years, a couple of grades ahead of me. She's a little robust, can we say? She's a little robust. And I'm going to wait until she goes down for, for breakfast or whatever. And I'm going to sneak in her room and I'm going to, to, to get one of her little skirts. And I'm going to go to school today in a skirt and declare that I'm a trans or I'm a whatever. Uh, who was it? Alaska just had an election. Sarah Palin lost. Bullshit crap. But nevertheless, my point is on their ballots, They've got like nine, I think, genders. I don't even know. I, I can't keep up. But I believe nine genders. What kind of shit is that? You come out, the doctor smacks you on the ass, assuming that you cry. You either have, uh, as Austin Powers said, twig and berries. You stand up to piss whenever your legs can support you or you squat to pee. When I talk about the wussification of America, there's guys that because of whatever reason, they don't piss standing up. They will sit on the toilet. Maybe their girlfriend or wife or boyfriend, who knows, it, maybe the cat, whatever their significant other is, says, hey man, you got a problem with your aim. I'm not putting your member down. I'm just telling you, you know, when I come in here, I'm stepping in piss. And I know it's piss because I picked up the little rug thingy and I smelled piss. So you're having problems with your aim. This is expensive. So why don't you just sit down to piss? And these efforts, pussyfooters, wussies, are like, okay. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? I had the first, this true story. Of course, I've always, I've always submitted that I'll never purposely lie. I, I don't even know that I've embellished. Because I always think that somebody could quote unquote fact check me. And that if I tell a story which I try not to mention names, but if somebody says, who is that story about? And they happen to know them, that they could go to that individual and corroborate what I said. So this is true story, no embellishment. The first time, so my first wife, we separate April of 2014. I meet, I, I'm internet dating. I'm uh, four, no, 200 miles away. Got it, needed to get out of town. The railroad offered me an opportunity to go open up a new terminal. And I said, hell yeah, let me get the hell out of Dodge, make some good money on transfer, so on and so forth. So I'm down there, just recently single. I'm not interested in, you know, uh, humping everything that moves. Uh, I, I've ne one thing, I've never needed to stroke my ego. Uh, if when it comes to that department, uh, it's not ego. To an extent, what I talked about earlier as far as that game, like the one that a buddy of mine plays, that he just basically gets her to commit and all but say, maybe sending a new, I don't know, I don't pry, you know. 
uh, nude pictures and things like that don't really do it for me. Nevertheless, I don't condemn, you know. But that buddy of mine is content to, to, to know in his head, I don't have to have sex with the girl to know that she's willing to have sex with me. So he rationalizes, I'm not cheating on my wife. I don't have the education, the training, the knowledge, the pay grade. I don't know whether that's considered cheating. I don't know. And that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is if that's your motive, then I don't want to say be proud of. If you're single, let again, Jiminy Cricket, which I named a podcast two or three weeks ago, let your conscience be your guide in everything, in everything. Sex, lust, those things, uh, they're here for a reason. Okay. I've always been a free will dude. Um, I know I can't control another. I wouldn't. If I, if I had the desire to control my partner, how does that make me different than a slave owner? Now, granted, I know, I know. It's not apples to apples. But the reason Aristotle said, and I think this was in his book, The Politics, which, again, I haven't read The Politics. I've read The Ethics. But one of the books, Aristotle said that ultimately dictators are the most unhappy. The subjects, the serfs, the drones, uh, whatever those masses are, which is what our uh, elites uh, like to refer to us as masses, they, they're okay with going along to get along. Men that will have a discussion with their wife or girlfriend and in essence, when she says, you know, I'm in charge or I make the most money or um, you need to respect me or, you know, um, whatever. I don't care. When I go to take a piss, that toilet seat better be down or else. Now, me being the OCD analytical dude, I'm thinking, or else what? What, are you going to cut me off? Are you going to assault me? Um, what is your or else? That's my first inclination. And I'd probably be better off. I, me and my first wife split. What did I say? February, it was actually Valentine's Day. I'm a romantic dude. How it ended up Valentine's Day is certainly happenstance. It was not intended. It just worked out that way. I was working like a dog for the railroad. It just happened that way. February 14th, 2014. I had just quit dipping Copenhagen after 32, 33 years. So I, I knew I had to make some changes. I go down to Winter Haven. I loved it. Good people, good climate, hot as hell, not quite as humid as Jacksonville, but good people. I thought maybe a change could do me good. I get down there. I love it. And even though I'm not uh, saying, oh, I'm a free man now, let me, you know, just, you know, go find a rattlesnake and just hold his head. You know, that's all I need. 
you know, which is an old saying. If, if none of you women have ever heard that, you know, he'll do a rattlesnake if you hold his head. It's an old saying. I'm not trying to offend or be vulgar. The point is, that was never my intent. Number one, being married at that point for 25 years, I had already become ambidextrous. So there was no threat of withholding. Conversely, when I moved out of town on transfer, for which it was an open-ended deal, I didn't know how long it was going to be. I was in a hotel room by myself. We were working 10 hours a day, seven days a week. So, you know, what am I going? I don't have time to look, to fish, or engage in the opposite sex. However, I was on a dating site. This chick contacts me, and we start a conversation. Three, four weeks later, this is April. So February, March, April. April 14th, two months to the day, I leave wife number one. I meet through a dating app, wife number two. We talk, very deep uh, talks. You know, I'm a nerd. Time, space, you know, she's not, she's apolitical. I've said that before. But she had always prayed being you know, smart herself, excuse me, a master's degree. Uh, she claims she'd always prayed to meet her uh, intellectual equal. Her mother used to tell her, be careful what you wish for, which her mother was a saint, Saint Jean, God rest her soul. Nevertheless, so we were hitting it off. Two weeks or so, phone conversations, and we'd spend an hour, two hours on the phone a day. Um, and, you know, we're like on the same page. In fact, she tried to throw me off. She said, she, she said, I have a master's in psychology from Loyola, which is Baltimore. I think Baltimore, Yankee City, whatever, up north. And I'm thinking, and she goes, I'm part of the behavioral, the BHS. Now, I like criminal minds, but the first thing that, that comes across my mind, the BHS, I said, is that you, Clarice? Because I'm thinking Silence of the Lambs, BHS. Um, so we hit it off. We meet two, three weeks later in Daytona. I rent a room at a lovely resort called The Shores. I would recommend it. Um, I take her out, which we meet during the day. We were both working nights. We meet during the day, swim in the pool a little bit. Uh, she's up and back at the bar. Uh, I have a few beers. Uh, I say a few. I worked all night. She had worked all night. Um, I cannot attest to how many I had. I was not counting. So we swim in the pool, have a good time during the day. We go up to the room, five, six o'clock. We want to uh, not necessarily shower or anything. We've been in the pool, chlorine. We want to go get something to eat, put some food on our bellies, and then come back, maybe go to the hot tub, uh, maybe go sit at these chairs in this fire pit near the beach, the water, Daytona Beach, right on the water. Again, the shores is the name of it. Lovely resort. And, you know, maybe get frisky. Now, we had talked for two or three weeks on the phone. Every day, hour, two hours on the phone. We knew each other, and as adults, you know, it's so, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we go up to the room, we're drying off, and I said, you know, I got my bathing suit bottoms, trunks, whatever. This is how guys are. I go into Walmart, I walk in the door, there's 
a pair of swimming trunks. They've got like aqua or something, uh, stripes going back or forth. And there was an aqua tank top. I grabbed them both, went to the checkout line. This is back when they had checkout people at Walmart. I spend $11 on a bathing suit and a tank top. They both matched. And I, I was like, why these women are so effed up that they got to go and, you know, spend three hours in a store and then they don't, they try on 10 outfits and then they go to another one and then, then they come home and, and they got nothing to show for it because nothing fit them. Horse pucky. Walmart, anyway, that's the difference between men and women. So we go up to the room and I tell her, I said, hey, you know, I didn't get my tank top dirty. You know, I didn't get it wet. It's brand new. I did get in the pool with my trunks. They're dry now. So I'm just going to wear them. And I always wear shoes. Always wear shoes. Shoes and socks. And so she's like, okay, cool. I, I'll just uh, put something on. I can't wear a bathing suit. We we're going to this uh, Italian, highly recommended Italian restaurant. Porta Fina. I think it's uh, feminine. It's either Portofina, feminine, or it's Portofino, masculine. I've been there several times. You, you, you have to go if you're in the Daytona Beach Resort area, Portofina or Portofino. Anyway, so she's changing her clothes. You know, you know how women are. Take her bathing suit off, turns away. You know, her. I'm, I'm seeing her butt, but she's covering her boobs and all. Fine. I go into the bathroom, lift up the lid, take a piss, and walk out. By the time I get out, she's almost completely dressed, got a bra on, uh, a, a shirt on, her shorts, and she says, let me pee, and I can put my shoes on, on the way. She goes in there, and the seat's up. Let me tell you something. I wish... I, and I mean no disrespect. She comes unglued. She said that's a sign of disrespect. Now, I've dealt with this argument for many, many years. At this point in my life, if it's if it prevents an argument or, or hard feelings or whatever, you know, the best this is what I can compromise. I'm not going to put the seat down that you sit on. I'll put the whole effing thing down. That will be my compromise. Otherwise, this is how I view it. If the seat is always down and I go in there, I have to bend down, pick the seat up to pee. And then, because you are a bitch, and I don't use that word lightly. And I don't paint with a broad brush. Matter of fact, I take it back. Check that. I take it back. Because you have this crazy thought. Entitlement. That I lift it up, pee, and then put it back down. So when you come to pee, all you do is sit your ass down. Do your business and wipe. And get up. And go. So when you analyze those two situations, I go in there, I lift the seat up, use the bathroom, put the seat down. That is two actions, up and down. I am exerting my personal energy up and down. When you go to pee, not only are you not standing, you get the luxury of sitting down you are not exerting any extra effort to urinate. So what is fair is when I go to pee, I lift the seat up. When you go to pee, you put it down. If I go back in there, I lift it up. Both parties only exert one action. I have 
have suggested this. Let's make a deal. Let's go above and beyond that. Because I can understand, I don't agree, but I can understand the argument that, you know, this is, I, well, this is one of the arguments. Uh, you know, holding the car door open, holding the uh, convenience store door open. No, eh, you, you women blew that shit. If you didn't blow it in the 70s and 80s or 90s, uh-uh. Because now, I don't even know if you're an effing woman. So I don't want to hear it. But as a compromise, as a gesture of good faith, when I pee, I'll put the seat down. When you go pee, you raise the seat up. So we're not doing it in a selfish manner. We're still performing one action. But the action that we are performing is for our significant other. For me, my sweetheart. For you, maybe your wife, your husband, or you know, if you, you got a friggin' dolphin living in your pool. I don't know. There's no telling. But you'd be surprised how selfish I am. How the bad words, the you know, the male chauvinist when you, you want to still use a term from the 70s, male chauvinist pig, but I don't even know if you're a woman. You get to determine every time you wake up and put your feet on the floor, whether you're a man, a woman, a pogo stick, or whatever. Me, I'm pretty damn simple. If I can walk out back and piss, if I can be standing at the grill, walk around the corner and piss, and... I don't need to get a leaf and you got to go inside. I'm sorry. That's the way God made us. I'm not arguing with God. I've done way too many bad things that I have to make up for to argue with the good Lord about a gender thing. When he made Adam and Eve, he made the beasts and Sex was simply to procreate. And I mentioned this earlier about sex. I didn't delve into it. We all, you know, it's, it's the devil. Sex is supposed to be for procreation, love, etc. We've lost that concept. And supposedly it's okay to indulge just because it feels good. Anyway, I'm out of time. Less than 10 seconds. Thank you for playing along and listening to The Forgotten Conservative.